triangle is nonetheless, it is actually representative of stuff that's universal about everybody of all the types. And so like, it may be that the four and the eight are doing the universal duty of being contemptuous Mm. being oppositional don't nine me (laughs) (laughs) us for the universe just came in (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious the big hormone enneagram Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-pres for the five-wing, four-five-eight trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pres sexual nine with one nine seven four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight-wing seven, sexual self-pres with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-pres social three wing four with a three six nine trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe us on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. So we just completed an interview series with all the nine types and some multiple episodes of specific types. And uh, I learned a lot, but I wanted to hear you all's impressions too. So well, what I'll say first, not just nine, but like what really struck me in general were the wings. The influence mm, yeah. of wings and how it's almost like, uh, you know, on the core, like a four with a three versus a four with a five is a four. And the core color, it's like there's an inner color wheel and an outer color wheel. So, like the inner color wheel would be like four is like red, and then five is like yellow, and then three is like purple, or three is like blue. And so, you got, you know, yellow, red, blue, but then you have like the wings are almost like an outer color wheel where you get like orange and purple and all this kind of stuff. You know, it's like there was this dynamic that really struck me where it was bizarre to see how the core of types, no matter how different their wings were, was so uh, was so alike. And yet the wing expression had its own thing that and it's it's I'm curious about de- diving more deeply into how the specific ego structures of types that share a wing, you know, the, the overlapping wings or whatever you call it, like four of the five and five of the four versus, you know, four of the three, how those work together. Cause like hearing uh, the four call and being on it as being the four five on there and hearing the four threes, it was like, okay, there's a lot here that's me and there's a lot here that's very, very other planet and that I could recognize was a three influence. And then with the five call with Jameer and Rio, it was like, there was so much that I resonated with that Jameer was speaking to. It was a whole different world with Rio, you know? Yeah. No, that's huge. I think it would be really interesting to explore, like, types that share the same wing and to see just how much they resonate. Because, I, I, yeah, like you said, I, I was very surprised at how similar but still very different uh, types of the same core type with different wings were. Yeah, it was like a different kind of being different than, like, a three versus a four. You know, it was like... It's hard for me to kind of place how eyes of four with five and different from four three and similar to five with four in a, in a way that's like structurally. And it's, so it'd be cool, like, you know, we've we've talked before about like five and four having a sort of inner vision quality. And it'd be interesting to see if there was like a way to narrow in on like 
what's the space between uh, like the flavor of the space between four and three and then three and two, you know, what they represent that the wings tap into that somebody who's a two with a one wouldn't tap into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the issue of sometimes uh, maybe part of what it is, is the structural thing, right. Of say four's got a leg into the head mm -hmm. center. That's mm -hmm. one way to think of it. And then four with a three is double emotional center. Yeah. And so getting like clear on what that kind of the guts of that, it'd be really fascinating. Mm -hmm. The mechanics. Yeah. Right. I'm not even sure because my understanding of how wings work is that you're on a spectrum between the types on either side. And so like an eight wing seven is just closer to seven, but I'm not sure structurally how is a wing represented in the structure of a type? That's what I mean is like, I don't know if it's a spectrum question or if it's a structural question. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. like I don't know if you lean so far out of eight that you fall into seven, you know, like. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know that there's really such a thing as like when somebody says I'm an eight with a strong seven wing as opposed to a weak seven wing or something. No, I don't like buy that, that either. I don't right. know. I think but it's just fairly static into if that I don't know that that's the right word, but. But how the fuck does it work? That's what I don't get. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I, well, I, I understand the, the type structure of eightness, but I don't understand the type structure of a wing. Yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> a good question. You know, so David and I were having like a discussion about the, and maybe it was all of us. I can't remember who I talked to when I talked to anybody, but um, <laughs> about the psychic structures that Don and Russ have and like how like, you know, about the super ego and all those kind of things. And, you know, and I think those are really great and useful. And I also feel like that there's a way to work with them to, to clarify what they're getting at, like not necessarily adapting the same model, but even finding a new model for the same dynamics. And so it'd be interesting to like get very clear on each type's inner dynamics from their ego boundaries to, I don't know, like, like certain features of each type and then seeing how that structure itself might be modified with an injection of some of the structure of an adjacent type. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. So one thing that really struck me, and it kind of goes with David's uh, solar model of the Enneagram, that kind of blew me away was like four kind of represents introspection in a way. And in the past, I would have been more cautious about saying that and being like, every type is introspective. And I agree, every type can be introspective, but there's something about four that represents a kind of inner beam. Mm -hmm like on my own inner life, whether they're good at that or insightful or use that for a good purpose is another question. But it's like, that's where the attention is. And it's like a really powerful floodlight on an inner cave. And then you'd run into like too far into three territory or even the five territory. And it'd be like, that would not be quite so paramount. But then like, you know, with the with five with a four wing, it was like, there was still a lot of that going on. And so while at the same time, seeing how functional four with three was versus four with five and how functional <laughs> five with six was versus uh five with four like that blew my mind because i know how dysfunctional i am and i kind of blame myself and to see like oh no there this is like based in type that that was something was about that was really illuminating for me so the idea there being about that the sort of sundial schema where uh, the line from three to six is the horizon line the Earth. Uh, of Earth, right? Which puts, which means five and four are in the, the dark, so to speak. 
Right. And and so therefore, a five with a six wing is got you know again sort of a leg up into the light, and same with a four with a three, whereas five with a four and four with a five are more fully submerged in that inner introspective space. Bumbling yeah. around in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and totally comfortable doing it. And and comfortable too. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's one of those things. It's again, the, the, the water you're breathing, right? So you don't even know. In other words, like, it's not like, oh my God, this is terrible. I'm in the dark, right? Right. right. It's, it's like those uh, salamanders that lose their eyes after years of being in caves. Mm. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then like, like going into the light is, is horrifying. Right. right. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> and then everybody else knows how to be up there and you're like bumbling around because you can't see because it's too bright. And we're exactly. all like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Exactly. <laughs> so, so that was that was powerful because like it was just very powerful to see because a lot of implication just personally. And then even like, you know, in this this, this not a four type nine kind of confusion, there's a lot of traits that four and nine share. But like nines don't have that inner beam in the same kind of way you know what right. i mean it yeah. can be really insightful in other ways but it's like it's yeah. not from this this uh bat signal aimed inside yeah those calls are there's a sharp contrast between the four and the nine call at multiple levels like i mean of course you know uh, joseph and laria are pretty self-aware and articulate but the energy of that call was kind of like we're just gonna keep going in and in and digging up more self-insights and in very specific kind of way, like this is what it is. This is now, you know, I don't like this or. This and it's going to make people uncomfortable too. Right. Purposely. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the nine call was just. Um, Fulgent just... waves of like revelation and sharing. <laughs> you know, it was like, it felt like the ocean. Like, the, yes, the, totally. The gentle waves rolling up like, oh, here's an insight. And it's beautiful and, <laughs> and interesting and a little sensitive and tender and deep and, and well-spoken. And, and then there's a lot of. Yeah, I see that too. You know, it was like, <laughs> yeah. And even as as I was editing the call, I mean, that's another layer of this for me is there's being on the call and there's editing the call because I have to end up listening to this multiple times. So I really get to digest certain things because I'll have I'll notice it. So one thing that I was noticeable on the nine call is there was just a very there was a vague way that that they were not even clear to themselves that mm. you know they would say one thing. And then they would contradict or disagree with the thing that they said 10 minutes later. Now that happened not just for the nine call, but that also happened for the three call, which is yeah. another interesting insight. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize how fucking similar, yeah. in some, a lot of ways, how fucking absorbent the threes were and, and almost self-contradicting that threes were in a way that, in the same way that nines were. So nines would, a nine would say something and then 10 minutes later they would disagree with the thing that they said like the whole thing about specificity like they spent a lot of time talking about i don't want to be specific i don't like when being put on the spot and then <laughs> absorb the fact that john was talking about specificity about oh i'm so specific i'm it's like actually no i do like specific specificity and i was just like what the fuck is going on i feel on? like i feel like the the nine calls need emika's uh like director's cut commentary because <laughs> there's things that even he pointed out later about these kind of contradictions that like even when i re-listened to it i didn't quite pick up and then he pointed out some of it it was like so funny it's so good <laughs> I don't want you it. to do for the three and do that for the three call. Like, <laughs> don't, don't do that. There was, it was a little bit like the gap was longer for the threes, 
But with the insanity of the nine was that it would happen in a span of like five to ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but the threes would take yeah, like shitting maybe... on nines podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the threes would contradict themselves like thirty minutes later, and it was like okay, maybe they were convinced of something. But nines were just like taking in new things and just spitting it out, and everything was just sort of mixing and blending, and it felt like. I don't think you know where you're at right now. <laughs> it's the terrible part. They don't. <laughs> you don't know what you're saying. You don't know what you said. You don't know <laughs> where you're going. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Nancy, how is that for you with the threes? Um, I hated it. <laughs> because, like, the entire time I was just so aware of how often I would be like, wait, no, but I do agree with that. But I just said that I didn't agree with that. But that, like... <laughs> And it's, and it's like, it's, oh, it's so annoying because I don't have a fucking choice in it. And it's like, it's not like I'm purposefully doing that, but it happens all the time. It drives what's me crazy. going on? Like what's, what, what's happening there? Like, I, I just, just sincerely, like, I just don't. Well, it's like, so there's a part of me that is one way and there's another part of me that's another way. And there's a third part of me that's this way. And there's a fourth uh, part of me that's this way. And so it's just like, it hits on, and I, I am on, all of them. It's but, unconscious absorbing, though, too, right? I mean, aren't you unconsciously absorbing other people's responses and points of view and I have, adapting? I feel, I feel, but see, I probably am wrong about this, but I feel like I am at a point where I don't, or at least I'm <laughs> slightly aware when I'm more, when I'm absorbing things that people say, because it just makes me mad. Well, uh, but, I, we talked about this on the call. We asked you guys about this, like yeah. you know what what is happening. When, yeah, it's just and, it's not an option. Yeah, it, it and what you guys said that struck me, which sounded very nine, and we talked about it on the call, is that there's a part of you that feels like you can mirror this moment, that feels like I can do this. Just a part of you, like there's a facet of you mm-hmm. that feels you know congruent with whatever that moment is, and that felt similar to like the self-fragmentation of nines, like yeah. it's just a part of them that, that can, you know, modeling. Get, oh, yeah. Model. And, but it's just different psychological mechanism with three, but it like had a similar aim. <laughs> like they yeah. were a three has like, you know, four or five different images or whatever that they can, they can turn on for that particular moment. So it felt like nines or the threes were agreeing as there was parts of them were agreeing with different things. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. It's like there's like a million different opinions going on in my own body, and one will pop up at any given time. And it that, it blows my mind how sh- sure people are of themselves because of that. Like when people are arguing a point to me, I have such a hard time arguing back because I'm like, well, that might be a good point. Hmm, that's interesting. And I I don't have a leg to stand on because I'm hearing them and I'm like, wow, that's a good point. And then I get mad that they're so sure of themselves. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's that was the most interesting thing to me about the three call. It was there were some parallels to nine, like way more than I ever realized. I mean, yeah. it was in the six call too, but I think we really yeah. hit on it in the nine at the three call. Is there something, John, you can say about attachment as a as an unconscious process that talks to all of that? The three six nine. Yeah, I mean, part of the struggle of being on the tri- the Bermuda Triangle is. <laughs> Is that there's a part of you that it gets that's outsourcing itself. It's like a failure to individuate. And I don't mean failure like a personal failure, but just like a yeah. a lack of a certain kind of taking in or modeling how to create structure 
and how to create self-mirroring. You know, structure creating is the protective function and self-mirroring is the nurturing function, how we see ourselves and how we move in the world. And so there's a way in which those personality types are staying in some kind of mimicry of a connection with what their parents represented as children for them. And so for a nine, a six, or a three to kind of stand on their own legs, so to speak, with those inner psychological structures to see themselves fully and to be their own authority, that in a way, it's like giving up what mom and dad represented. It's like this sort of profound loneliness. And so you can kind of see the, the need to attach countering kind of this uh, almost like an inner loneliness. Does that resonate, David and Nancy? Mm-hmm. As I've said before, um, I don't particularly consciously relate to loneliness, but I, un- I know and understand that at, at an energetic level, mm-hmm. I'm attaching to people everywhere kind of, right, in a really abstract kind of energetic way. Right. And I'm not like a four, I'm not needing to say, well, I have some, you know, with my seven and four fixes, needing to differentiate myself internally, even as I might be absorbing or connecting with somebody. But I, but it's not, it's not as, quote unquote, violent as I imagine it is sort of with four or yeah. as automatic, or as or as contemptuous, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's just take it or leave it kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. When I'm, when I'm at like my darkest, the main thought that like kind of drags me down is that there's like no one and nothing. Like there's no one that Mm. I can feel attached to and there's nothing inside that I can attach to. Ooh, that's, that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there's just like, it's just empty. And, it, and it's worth pointing out, again, your tri-type is the whole Bermuda. It's the fucking shithole. <laughs> Get a six-niner. Don't forget <laughs> Dollar Store 3. Yeah, Dollar Store 3. Thanks, that man. Was that was good. Um, David, <laughs> the, the term you used to describe a 369 trifix was um, the universal citizen, which I think is, like, the perfect. What's that? on my? Oh, yeah, that's on my site. Yeah. That resonates. How? Why does that resonate? Well, I think it's just like, like if you were to imagine like an average Joe. Yeah. He's some version of a six nine three three six nine nine six three kind of thing. Like it's just right. they're, they're going to work. They're wearing a certain thing. They come home and they cook dinner with their family. Like it's just it's a three six nine. That made me <laughs> like my breathing get tight. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like so, someone who absorbs external expectation, the average yeah. external expectation. They, yeah, it's just the average Joe. Like they don't really have a face or really any like form of uniqueness. They just are the people who are. Yep. So, you know, I know I'm coming from a four perspective where my confidence <laughs> is based on my separateness, but I'm like, how do you feel confident or like, like yourself? I'm not, I, mean, I like you, you know, like, <laughs> but from that, from Why that don't inner you hate flip, yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I do hate myself. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh my God. Like if you feel average, like how could you just, how, what? <laughs> how does well, that there's, work? there's that, um, there's kind of the um, confidence that comes from like the world needs me to keep mm. going like the mm-hmm. three we were talking about on the call the three oh, call about how we we are kind of a conduit to something greater like mm. i never feel like i'm going to be like the one but i feel like my body will be here for a reason and it will like you, there is a reason 
universal citizen. You're yeah, contributing. Exactly. It's, right? It may not you're, be a giant contribution, but it's a contribution. You're keeping the triangle up aloft. Exactly. And, and one thing that I've learned from, um, you know, OD is, OD, my best friend, is 639. And I didn't really fully understand that tri-type until him. And I just recognize that on one hand, yes, he, he over-adapts to what other people are thinking, feeling, and doing to a fault. But at the same time, he has an inherent uh, ability to connect with everyone. He's almost like, yeah. he is mm -hmm. a channeler of yeah. humanity. Like this guy, you put him in a crowd and everyone feels like they can connect to him. Mm -hmm. And he just represents someone that people can imagine themselves into, that he can imagine himself into other people. So it's like, it, I recognize that that combination it's like an archetypal channeler uh, of someone. I who mean, I don't, I don't like OD. <laughs> I'm wait, kidding. No, I, bet, I love OD. I've met him. <laughs> he, did, he put out one fucking video and he has not had a break in clients. He's been yeah. doing a reading every other day. And he's amazing. Yeah. Like yeah, he's so likable. And of course he's talented, but um, it's just, it's just um, that combination is just so fucking it's magical in the sense of being able to absorb and get into other people and, and people being able to connect. And, and I was like, I don't have that. <laughs> it's like we talked about uh, Dave Chappelle's that. Oh, yes. That, uh, combo. And Dave Chappelle says all kinds of wild, controversial shit, but like everybody loves him. Yeah. Just yeah. universally. And, you know, I've tried to notice the, the how does that work? And what I've realized that what's so attractive to everyone about the combination of those three types is that it has just enough easygoingness and enough self-doubt and enough assertiveness that the, the com combination is self-deprecating yet confident yet chill it's yeah. like it's it, wrong it, and vulnerable it's powerful. yeah it's not it's not too much of anything exactly <laughs> But I, I'm really struck by that sense of the world needs me because I think there's something really in there about like the differences because like 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 there's this sort of universal quality of the Bermuda Triangle type. It's like the world or the universe needs me. And then for me as a four, there's this sense of removing myself, but also it's like the world doesn't need me. Like I'm completely expendable and useless. And like I think that's one reason why fours are so quick to consider suicide. You know, it's like mm -hmm. There, there's like I could off myself, and the world is just going to go on fine. It might actually be better if I'm dead. Yeah, because it's almost like a, a complete rejection of the three, six, nine in a triangle to to, mm -hmm. to say like the mm -hmm. what what they're doing, I reject. You know what is conventional, um, isn't me. I have to go far away from that to find myself. So it's like, why would I think that that world needed me? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I guess that 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 that's like that need to serve the universal whatever is like what gets the triangle types to to be triangle types to want on some level to absorb. You know, it's like there's a there's a thing to be had here to make happen somehow, maybe. Yeah, and it seems like that. I mean, sometimes I, I wonder, like, what is a work ethic? What, why do people have? <laughs> why why do people have a work ethic? Because I have to conjure up all these like hateful contemptful emotional states to get myself to fucking edit these podcasts because i think i'm destroying somebody's psychological being somewhere i'm gonna edit that out <laughs> and 
it's like you know what gets people to just be so consistent and and mm. and just work towards you know just these <clears throat> goals and and i feel like it's you on some level you have to have an unconscious belief that you're part of something important and your contribution is you know that sense of responsibility to something like so here's a, here's another angle though on the, on the sort of differences between let's say the triangle and the other types is that the triangle is nonetheless it is actually representative of stuff that's universal about everybody the, of all the types and so like it may be that the four and the eight are doing the universal duty of being contemptuous Mm. being oppositional don't deny me us <laughs> for the universe just the came in nine. <laughs> that's hilarious it's like yeah. you he's doing his own version of the enneagram of belonging right here <laughs> <laughs> no. david just died inside well, when he said that he's like oh god <laughs> so but i mean there's i mean i think that's part of like what superego is i mean like the difference between a psychopath, right? Uh, um, serial killer or whatever is you're not connected to that piece. And even though it's, let's say, contemptuous or disdainful in the case of fours and eights, it still is in some sense uh, doing something for the collective that's a balance or something. Again, yeah. philosopher of the universe. <laughs> yes, well, yes, I, think, to... I think one... <laughs> Good job, David. Um, I think one thing that like really struck me about like the whole mm, interviewing like the hexad types was how comfortable all of them are with not being part of something. Mm. And like, I don't know, like the water. How, how did that strike you? Like, how did that come across, I guess? Well, it just seemed so normal that they wouldn't think bigger picture, huh. I guess. And it's just so not normal to do that for me. Like every time I have an idea, I'm thinking like five, 10 years down the road, who am I going to impact with this? Like, how are we going to like, it just, it's Whoa. just what I, exactly. Really? It's just what I do like instantly and instantly. And so it's interesting to me to see other types who are like naturally more negative. Uh, and selfish. And selfish. <laughs> yeah. And they just are, that's the water that they swim in and it's so normal and it kind of just blows my mind. We we said on the last call that the sevens, the way they were answering questions, like you know, they were just answering <laughs> yeah, the questions. Like, they were like, "Yeah, no, yeah, this this is what I think." No, 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 I don't think that's what it is. No, I disagree with that. You know, you know, just kind of. Whereas with the threes and the nines, there's this sort of way that we were navigating through their answers, like, and they were now navig yeah. navigating through their answers on the call, where it wasn't so direct, I guess, and they weren't sure where they were. This part yeah. of the three six nine thing. Mm -hmm. Having self assurance is something I am not familiar with. Speaking of which, uh, I was very struck by the eight call from the point of view of you know the ego projection onto eights, uh, or when you learn about eights or whatever, is that they just have all their shit together. But I I was really just I mean it made sense to me, and I kind of recognized on some level, but it clicked with how eights are sort of taken by a ride from their own energy like the, the action mm -hmm. orientation yeah. is just like people will assume mm -hmm. and they are just making such confident decisions all the time and not to say they're not confident but but where it's coming from is like oh shit i'm just I, like i'm at, like i don't know what i'm doing sometimes i'm just kind of doing yeah that explains trump right i mean oh, he's yeah. just escalating he's just escalating 
it's just arising from him, right? Unconsciously, that that escalation stuff, that combat. I wanted to I want to do like a series of posts on AIDS because I, I I know people inevitably keep asking, and I just want to do it once and for all and never have to touch it again and just address all the mistypes and over everything. But one of the things I, I keep having to say to people when, when, or I had a problem with when I first looked at the eight descriptions is like they eight descriptions describe this person who's so confident and so dominant. And I personally didn't feel that way. I mean, it's almost like, sure. I like confident compared to who, like if you're, if you're confident, how do you determine you're if you're confident or not? Like I've grown yeah, up. You've I, got nothing to compare it to, you know? Well, Cause I mean, I grew up in a family of confident people and, but I don't know that they're confident. It's just, that's just the way they, they were. People have their views. They say it. And, and so I don't know that I'm confident, you know, I, and so reading that on the page is like, that's not me. I mean, what? or I, I don't necessarily feel that way. I'm just, I just do what I do. Um, mm-hmm. And so People sometimes say eights or confidence, like just to make the distinction, I'm just automatically doing things. Now, you might think that's confident. I don't feel necessarily confident. I just do things. That's that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I was going to say is the types are described in ways that from an outside perspective, not from an yes. inside perspective. And I just realized that I've been describing types from an outside perspective. So they may look like this, but they, but if you're describing an eight, two and eight, they don't know what they look like. They just know how they mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. The distinction. Yeah. That's, that's something that I hope happens down the line is descriptions written from the perspective of the type from the inside, because an eight description wouldn't look anything like the current eight descriptions. If, if an eight were to describe their own experience, because they wouldn't say that they felt confident. Right. They would. They wouldn't emphasize that at all. They they would just emphasize, you know. I just go from doing, you know, just things. I do things automatically. Um, and then the the perspective of being strong, like an eight, that doesn't necessarily have the perspective that I need to protect. But it's like there's an automatic impulse that you're not gonna get one all over on me. Like you're not gonna fuck with my boundaries. I need to be an autonomous space. Like you are not going to mess with me. And so, like, if descriptions were written from that perspective, maybe maybe people would have an easier time recognizing themselves, probably. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, and I think it's good, to, like, a, a way to humanize eights, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, eights are kind of portrayed as, like, superhuman, and it was really nice to hear them be like, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, I'm questioning just like everyone else when I need to do with my life. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, you think I've got it all figured out because I'm an eight? That doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, and it's, it's, it's on one hand, people use it as an opportunity to downplay their own strengths and be like, eights got it all together. And then they use it as a way to objectify eights. And I mean, it's sort of similar to how, um, you know, people kind of minimize nines because nines are kind of minimizing themselves. Yeah. And, and ones are, kind, I mean, excuse me, eights are kind of, objectifying themselves and so other people start to objectify them so like i think the i think nancy your distinction is really important for anybody that's serious about the enneagram is being able to talk about the types from the inside and what the inner dynamic is and not just how they look yeah that's huge yeah um people don't realize it regardless of what trump is doing that dude dude's fucking paranoid and and anxious and that's just the way it looks when an eight is losing their shit <laughs> that's, that's, like when an eight is 
losing their shit, it doesn't look like someone who's losing their shit. It just looks like someone who's throwing a lot of shit everywhere, you know, taking a lot of impulsive actions. You just, just get more impulsive. I get stressed out. I just start doing more shit. Or if I'm procrastinating, I procrastinate by, by doing more shit. <laughs> right. Any, uh, any other observations before we go? Um, hmm. Four, five, three, nine, six. One. The ones. We didn't, we didn't do. Mm, ones aren't that interesting. it was surprising to me that people didn't seem to be as uh like interested in ones like wasn't that a low listener call yeah it was it was one of our lowest i mean it was a really good call call. i realized that there's two things going on there's there's interest level which is like the number of people who are gonna listen to an episode and then there's retention which is more of a measure of how interesting entertaining an episode is uh, and sometimes the interest overrides the entertainment value, like four and five. That was mm. our second most listened to, or maybe our third listened to <laughs> episode in terms of people tuning in, because of course, four and five are so, so interesting. So, I mean, you have four and five, which is what people want to identify with. And then um, four, five, eight, eight was up there. And then six and nine are the other two that people actually are, and they're also interested in. So those are sort of the types that people are focused on in the Enneagram. Every other type is secondary to four, mm-hmm. five, eight, six, and nine. And so the one, two, three, and seven is just, you know, because seven episode we just put out is, is really good. People love it, but you know, it's similar to type one. There's not, there's not that much interest in it. Um, just because people don't care about seven, they don't care about one. They shit on threes. <laughs> nobody talks about twos. Yeah. Nobody talks. Well, I feel like it's the one, two and seven are the ones that everybody can just put in like a box. Yes. Yeah. And they're just like, I totally mm. get it. I understand. I need yeah. to know nothing more about this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And three is the, you know, the Enneagram stepchild is the one that gets the, right. the most shit on. Uh, everybody the- thinks we're like malicious. <laughs> yeah. If you're evil, you're, you're, <laughs> You're a three. Three. Corporate um, raiders. So, yeah, what? I mean. Corporate raiders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, yeah, doing, editing the, the podcast and, and seeing the stats just made me realize, like, that's not going to change. Like, these yeah. are the types that people care about. And if you want to get lots of people tuning in, just do an episode on four or five <laughs> or eight and six and nine. I mean, those those are just very popular. Um, the nine episode was our most popular episode which is cool. Or is it just the fucking Chad to the Enneagram? (laughs) (laughs)